Hey guys, uh, real quick, I just wanted to uh, address something. So I posted, I I tweeted out that um, the episode was going to be late. If you didn't see that, I just wanted to kind of, you know, elaborate on that a little bit more. Well, we, we experienced, yeah. Now, uh, as far as the show goes, that's not, it's, uh, nothing else is really in jeopardy at this point. Just, you know, this week's episode, next week's episode may be a little bit late, but I mean, or this up, this, this upcoming week's episode is possibly going to be late, but I, I, I don't, I don't know. We'll just have to kind of play this one by ear and see it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. But we're 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 all we're all working through a little bit of stuff. But either way, here is episode thirty-two of Zero Distortion. You are listening. All right, welcome back for another episode. Little, little late here. Pretty, pretty close. We're playing a little close. It's uh, Thursday, so this episode is due tomorrow. Hopefully, I can make up for that in the next couple episodes because one of them is for an album that came out last week that I hate to admit I still haven't listened to Wallflowers but I plan on listening to it probably today and tomorrow and this weekend and hopefully I can come back strong and be ready to record like Monday, Tuesday and be done with that and The Consumed Self is the one that comes after that, and I've heard that quite a few times, so the absolute best case scenario is both of those get done this week and get scheduled for this week and next week, and I don't have to do anything next week because next week is next week is a high holy day because I'm Jewish. We are Jewish. And then the week after that is also a high holy day and my birthday, but eh, I don't know. I, I'm not sure yet. We'll just have to, we'll just have to see. Oh, it has been kind of a busy week. It's been an interesting week at work. Thank you guys, by the way, for listening. I've been, well, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's like really an increase. It's probably about as many listeners as I had before. Maybe a little bit more. Because I've had like a pretty consistent eight. Probably a few of them. It's probably people having to split it up because the episodes have been so long. I know 
my husband listens to them and I'm sure a couple of those listens are him because he'll start and then have to come back and I'm he'll start and have to come back and I'm pretty sure that those those listens are not all just like eight people listen to a a two hour and 12 minute podcast in one go. I'm sure that's not the case. I'm sure it kind of got broke up. So that's probably more like, you know, half the listens, but I mean, either way, thanks for the support. Cause you, cause I mean, that's the whole reason. Well, that's not the whole reason. That's part of the reason why I want to do this because you know, there, there are people out there who would enjoy this kind of podcast i i know it i knew it and i wanted to kind of jump at that a little bit and well it seems to be working out pretty well so we're just gonna keep on doing what we're doing great okay so today we've got leprous we are lepers, we have leprosy, our skin is peeling from our bones, I think that's what leprosy does, it's a disgusting disease, it's a horrible disease, I think it's still around, it's one of those things from like the Black Plague days that you wish didn't exist anymore, but it probably still does, like I think the Black Plague even kind of exists in a way, don't quote me on that, I don't know what I'm talking about. So leprous, everybody's favorite, incredibly weird and hard to keep up with band from Norway. <clears throat> I don't know if I really caught up with their really put out there like these guys kind of backstory, if you will. So if you guys have heard of. Isan. He's a he's also a Norwegian black metal artist. And he used to be he used to be the vocalist for it's either Emperor Yes, Emperor. I was gonna say it's either Emperor Enslaved. Enslaved is a different band, but he was the the head of emperor as far as i know and they were kind of pioneers in kind of a progressive black metal sound and then i think it was like the later 2000s or the early 2010s he went so no no, no it was like the mid 2000s i think he went solo and he had he had a backing band that play that played for him on i guess his earlier albums like especially i'm guessing it would be after that they uh that leprous played on yeah like definitely before after <laughs> before after that's 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 a silly way of putting things but um but yeah, they were his backing band back in the day. And then kind of eventually, by the way, Isan 
is the brother-in-law to Leprous's vocals, vo- Leprous vocalist uh, in our Solberg. And I'm probably going to pronounce names wrong because, I mean, anyone that's from, like, those European countries, Norway, Sweden, Finland, like, your names, I, I am probably not going to do so well with. But Leprous kind of struck out on their own in the late 2000s. And they re- they began a career with some of with like the most eclectic collection of albums that I have pretty much ever seen. I mean, you, you're really not going to find a wider breadth. I mean, their first album I'm not so familiar with. It's Tall Poppy Syndrome. It's kind of it kind of gives you a little bit of an Opeth vibe. Like there's a lot of screaming. It's not this. I think there's some growls, but not really. But Anar has this high, shrill, like scream that sounds just really, really unique. I mean, it almost to the untrained ear, you would probably say it doesn't sound like he knows what he's doing when he does it. And I don't I don't know how much truth there is to that. I mean, I used to say that Maria Brink from in this moment was going to damage her vocal cords because her her screaming style sounded like she was straining a lot. But I think there's uh, absolutely no legs on that statement because I mean, what did I know about vocals? I mean, (laughs) it's been like what? 16 years, 15 years since I made that statement, and I'm still not that good at it. So, you know, you can pretty much just take whatever I said at that time as a stupid teenager and throw it in the trash. They changed up their sound, and you're going to find that they do that pretty much every single album. (laughs) They changed up their sound on the next one. The next one's Bilateral. Which is pretty much their most beloved work. I mean, it, it's hard to go wrong with bilateral. Where do you start with this thing? It's it pretty much runs the gamut of progressive metal. I mean, it's got like really anthemic sounding stuff. It's got heavy new metal aggro kind of stuff. It's got weird stuff with weird time signatures and saxophones. I mean, you've got like almost a ballad in near the middle, and then the next song is almost like a straight up black metal. Well, not black metal, but like this heavy, heavy song. I mean, it's it's all over the place. There's really no way to pigeonhole this album. You can't call it anything. It's one of those albums. I think I mentioned like traditional progressive metal there's traditional progressive metal and then there's just regular progressive metal because there's some bands that you just can't pigeonhole like between the buried and me you can kind of be like oh well they're kind of tech especially on colors too they're kind of technical death metal they've got some kind of metal core going on that that yeah but like when you look at automata or when you look at especially coma i can't pigeonhole coma i can't even say that's technical death metal because it's like it, it, the music is it, it could be seen as in the vein of a uh, Haken not quite like a dream theater dream theater's got like a sound now the heavier dream theater but 
it, it just has a certain sound and it's like I can't I can't genrefy this. That that's 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 bilateral. You can't genrefy it. You can't box it into something. You can't package it up and say it is this. You just it's one of those things like not to sound too pretentious, but you just gotta listen to it. Like it's 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 just that kind of an album. You have to listen to it. And then, I mean, that's funny. Uh, I've still got Wikipedia pulled up here, and it says uh, there are two albums that follow. It says after two albums which followed the same musical direction. I don't see that. I see, I see it following a similar music. They their next two albums follow kind of a similar direction, but you can see see them start to peel off layers and do different things with it. Like bilateral is like weird and crazy and all over the place with just everything happening. Cole, the next album, Cole is a bit different. Cole is, uh, it's a tale of two albums. The beginning of it, the first couple, the first few songs, it's like, okay, this is the same Leprous that made the last album. This is the same Leprous that made bilateral. And it's great. And it has this kind of weird, unpredictable, heavy heaviness to it. It's super heavy, this album. Like, I would say Cole is probably their heaviest album overall. With, like, just the breadth of... They play eight strings, but they don't... They're one of those bands that doesn't use the eight strings, like, all the time. Like, really, at all sometimes. And we'll talk about that when we get to the the new album. But... On Cole, you're gonna hear. You're not gonna really be able to tell. There's this eight string on the first song, the second song. Pretty quickly, you find out that it's an eight string we're dealing with. The song after that is immediately an eight string, and then I'm pretty sure for the rest of the album, you don't really hear it until the very last song. Now, I said it's the tale. Cole is the tale of two albums. I say that because you get, was it, Foe, Chronic, and Cole. Those three songs. And then the album turns into something else. Because you get The Cloak, which is a very light, kind of sad sounding song. And it's like, okay, fine, you know, you're not going to get me, Leprous. And then. You get the valley, which is like this nine minute. I mean, it's got kind of like an atmospheric moment in the middle of it. Where it's just mostly vocals and just just atmosphere for a couple of minutes. And it's 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 a depressive it's it's depressive now. And then you get uh, a short song salt after that which is a pretty good song it's probably my least favorite song on the whole album because it sits in between two monsters three monsters if you count the last track but then you get echo which is one of my favorite songs from them ever it's i think nearly 10 minutes long again with like that depressive just sad feel to just just weighing this whole second half of the album and then you get Contaminate Me, which I forgot to mention. 
they like they at least used to on these first couple albums. Well, at least Bilateral and Cold, they featured Isan on a song. On Bilateral, he was on the song Thorn. And you can tell because Isan has like this really particular, really distinct black metal scream. And I mean, you when you hear him, you just know. Like, I, I don't understand how he makes these sounds. They, it just sounds literally tortured. And it's 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 amazing. The, he's 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 incredible. I've thought that since the first time I heard. I think it was Frozen Lakes on Mars, like way back in the day. That that I was like, this this guy's vocals are insane. Like, what is this? It sounds like he's in pain. That's how black metal's supposed to sound. But um, on this album, he's on the last track, "Contaminate Me," which is mostly just this loud raucous just heavy thing that's it oh my god did if you listen to one if you want the heaviest that leprous will probably ever be that's what you're looking for contaminate me and then the last part of it is like just this scary kind of atmospheric feel but we've talked about cold too much i think i like cold a little too much it might be my favorite leprous album i'm not sure then again, the ones that come after it are kind of great in a different way. So then you've got the congregation. By the way, Leprous's release schedule is like clockwork every two years. Unless it's getting like later by months or something. Because then we could see it take three years for an album to come out. But it would be like, it wouldn't be three years. It would just be like, it would be like, uh, I don't know, like two years in a month. Like, it would bleed into that third year. But. So we've had Tall Poppy Syndrome in 09. Bilateral in 11. Cole in 13. And in 15 they put out The Congregation. This is. There's still. There's still a progressive. Metal band. I would say. More of an alternative sound here. Like. This almost sounds like they like stuff that they want to get put on the radio. It's much less depressive, much, a, a little bit more, a little bit more like up tempo and upbeat. The the time signatures are still like weird, and they're going to continue to be weird for a bit. But I mean, they've it, it's 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 like the commercial Leprous album. If someone said, "Oh, well, you know, I kind of want to get into this band." I would probably point them towards Cole and the congregation. I would say if you want something a little bit more heavy and akin to where they started out, I would say Cole. But if you're looking for something a little bit more accessible, that's the word I'm looking for, accessible. The congregation is where you go. Because, I mean, they've still got a bunch of... They've still got some long songs. The, the compositions are longer and still weird, but it's done in a way that's very, like, I don't know, listener-friendly. Like if you're not into this kind of music, you could listen. You could still listen to this album and enjoy it. There's, there's not a whole lot of screaming. Like, I don't think there's very much at all. I think, I think they don't. Yeah, I don't. I, I think there's not very much screaming. 
but the congregation isn't like super interesting to me. It's it's really interesting, but or it's a really good album. It's just not that interesting to me. What's interesting to me is where they go after the congregation. Great album, but I, I don't know. I it used to be my favorite, but I kind of have flopped around and every one of their albums their first or their from bilateral to this next one after the congregation every at some point they've all been my favorite but i will put it but let let's let's go to let's go to the next album 2017's melina when when I was waiting for Between the Barry and Me's last album to come out, Automata, and between them, because they decided to split it into two albums, fun fun discourse on that. Um, I got into this album. I got deep into this album. I listened to like a couple of songs, and I was like, I need to hear the rest of this because this this band is like really intriguing me. So. I, so while I was working at Come and Go, I would listen to old Between the Buried and Me albums. And after Automata One came out, I listened to that like on repeat. But I'd also listen to Melina. This album is so good, and it's weird because this is the album where they started to move. They started to distance themselves from the progressive metal feel that they had on the past, like pretty much forever the harsh vocals are gone they have incorporated in like some orchestral elements like some strings and you know they've got cellos or they've got a cellist that comes in and plays with them uh there's a couple of songs that are literally just in our almost singing opera and it's it's amazing like it's it's breathtaking and then, like, they've got just just a, a pretty wide, well, it's not that wide breadth of songs. It's, like, a pretty pretty good evolution from the congregation. It's, like, I mean, they've got some really soulful stuff. They've got some kind of jazzy stuff. But, I mean, a lot of it's still based in at least rock. It's not totally metal still. But it's definitely still, like, art rock. But... Really, this 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 album starts to kind of trend more towards like pop. It feels more like pop when you listen to it. And I, I was just like, I, if all pop sounded like this, I would listen to the radio. Now, pop is fine now. It's not as like saccharine and disgusting as it used to be, and just just ugh, just vomit in my mouth, disgusting. Like, pop is okay now, but it's repetitive, and I, I just don't like it as much, because it's like, you know, you get a few songs, and that's all you're going to hear for, like, a year. And then in a year, you're going to have, like, a couple other songs, but you're also still going to be hearing the songs from last year, and it's just, it's just, I, I'm not the biggest fan. Like, there's some really good singers out there and stuff that I enjoy, but... I wish all pop sounded like post congregation leprous because th- this is this is real artful stuff. Plus, this album has 
probably my well I think this really is my favorite Leprous song Mirage like you listen to this song and it sounds like picture yourself in like a dune buggy just riding through the desert that's 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 what I'd imagine the music video for Mirage would be such a good album I want to listen to Molina now Anyways, next up, we're now in 2017, we're going to go to 2019, two years ago, Pitfalls came out. Now this is more experimental, it's leaning more into that art rock kind of vibe, it's still progressive, like don't get me wrong, like we've still got long compositions, we've still got some odd time signatures, a little bit of off the off-kilter feel, but these guys are really like starting to make like a art rock, art pop kind of feel here. Like there's still guitars present for sure, but a lot of this, some of this album, like I I Lose Hope sounds kind of like R&B or, you know, Observe the Train. Like this, this one, this album felt a lot like R&B at a lot of different times. An adult contemporary. I, I consider this to be like the shift into adult contemporary Leprous, which it seems like on Ophelion we're still there, and I'm totally fine with it. Because it's, it's, it's great. It's a great place to be. It felt more like the vocals, the vocals were already pretty much at the front of everything, but it feels more like the, like the rest of the band I, except for the drums, like Bard, Bard still stays out there, just, just going going off on his drums. I mean, you can just find all kinds of little awesome tidbits of drumming throughout pretty much everything they everything they've done since they've got Bard because he's he's amazing. Their old drummer was great, but I don't know something about Bard Coldstad is just he's he is ice cold on the drums. He is. Right now, I'd say he's like one of my top five with like Blake Richardson and um, I can't I can't think of other people, other drummers. I mean, obviously, I like Mike Portnoy, but he's not one of my favorites right now. There's there's some newer guys that have been just like absolutely stellar. Blake Richardson's not new either, but like, I mean, newer than newer than Mike Portnoy. (laughs) Mike Portnoy's been good for a long time. But this this album just it's it's not it's not all over the place. It's really it's really pretty consistent in its sound. But it's one of those things like this is an album that I could like sit down and listen to with my mom and she would be like, Yeah, that was pretty alright. And if my mom can sit down and listen to it and be like, Yeah, that's okay that it, and say if she goes, It's alright, then you know, that that means it was pretty good. By my standards, it was pretty doggone good. So now, with all of that setup done, we can look at their new album, 2021's Aphelion. Now, Pitfalls was about mental health. And this album carries the same themes. Like, I think this album is pretty consistently still about mental health. Because, as I think, I think, uh, NR, the vocalist for Leprous, had some... He, I think he went through some tough times before 
pitfalls. And I think a lot of that needed to be worked, needed to be worked through. And music is, you know, music is like some of the best. It's some of the best therapy. I mean, Jonathan Davis, Jonathan Davis from Corn used, I mean, they all used to be addicted to coke and meth and just, just drugs, 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 drugs all the time. That's how you cope. That's how you get through things. But then after they all got cleaned up and and had kids and like they all got themselves together um, before I think it was their Yeah, their, before their last album, The Nothing, his wife died. I think his mother, I think he lost his mother and his wife in a pretty, cl- a pretty tight window of time. And most people would like totally relapse and just fall off the wagon. A lot of people would. I wouldn't say most people, but a lot of people would just fall off the wagon because it's so easy to do. But what did he do? They went and he went and he he worked on that album and they created some of the darkest scariest ugliest stuff that they've done in years and it's it i mean i hate to say it but great music comes from a place of pain and suffering and torture sometimes not all the time but sometimes that's where great music comes from but that's not what it's about for me for me it's about the fact that this guy could have very easily gotten his hands on drugs and you know he could have just done the worst things imaginable, but he didn't. He chose to, you know, he chose to go there, go the way of therapy by music. And it, it turned out well in multiple ways. I mean, it turned out well in that they created a, another really solid album that they're kind of on a run of. And also, I mean, it helped him, with that situation, which is all you could really ask as a fellow human is that, you know, he can find some solace in his times of like the, the absolute deepest suffering of just losing your mother and your wife. I can't even imagine. Like I, I don't, I don't know what I would do in a situation like that. Let's put it that way. I, I, I would have some trouble. I would have some problems. So, okay, back to, back to Leprous. Either way, whatever has been going on with NR, he has, he has turned, he has turned, he has turned this into a, he's turned this into like a therapy session. It was a great it, it it's been a great exercise in i guess exercising his demons i don't know exactly how personal it is but listening to some of the lyrics on this album it feels like i i i pick up a lot of themes of like deep depression falling back into depression when you think you've gotten out of it not knowing what to do when you're in a deep depression and you know I can I can definitely I can definitely feel that I get it I that's this this album feels this album feels hefty it feels really heavy in the subject matter Okay so let's try to get into this review 
my first impressions on it were, you know, it's great, but I don't I don't know if I can really say it's amazing yet. I feel like it might be amazing. There's definitely some amazing stuff on it, but I don't know if I can really just sit here and call this an amazing record. Like, is it better than the last couple they've done? Is it better than the last few they've done? Now, after listening to it for a good little while, I mean, pretty much, pretty much I've been listening to it for an entire week now. This thing's incredible. This album is is fantastic. It's... It definitely stands above pitfalls for me. It can't it can't touch bilateral. It can't touch coal. And honestly, I think I like it more than the congregation. Maybe. As a whole. Maybe. Ah, uh, that that might be speaking too soon. I might not, because now I'm thinking about the congregation, and it's like, okay, yeah, you've got Third Law, which is great, but not the best, and then you've got like Rewind, which is great. It, and I mean, most people put Rewind as like a top tier song. I I like it a lot. It's not one of my favorites. But then you've got The Flood, Red, Slave, Moon, like. That album, that album is so just stacked with stuff. So stacked with stuff. This one is too. This one really is. Like, there's only a few points in this album where I'm kind of like, what's going on? And unfortunately for me, for me, it's kind of a, it's a pretty heavy what's going on. But without further ado, let's, let's get into this thing. Let's try and not have like a two hour episode. It's not going to be a two-hour episode. I mean, that, that that album, I mean, Colors 2 is long, and it's still, like, a huge ask, a huge listen. It really is. But, let's see here. We can start off with Running Low. So, this is the first single that came out, so it kind of, it kind of set the tone for the album, I mean, at first, I kind of thought of, like, I don't know why, but the the pianos and the way he was singing, it kind of felt folksy. I kind of thought of Mumford and Sons. I don't know why. Don't, don't, don't read, don't think too much about it. I don't know why I thought of Mumford and Sons, but I did. It starts off with, like, this heavy piano before NR's vocals, like, just crash in, and then there's these strings that gradually start to, like build what's the word i'm thinking a pulse they kind of start to come in just a little bit and immediately it sets up this like huge tense feeling and a sense of just this grandiose feel and then we get you know some guitars and you know pitfalls feels like it didn't have that much guitar or at least the guitar like fell back a lot like quite a few layers, and that's true. Molina was a little bit more guitar driven, but Molina also had a lot more synth, and it, 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 Molina was still guitar driven, but it had a lot of 
synth and it had more of a it was the first one to have more of a rock vibe this still has that rock that same rock vibe but after pitfalls it's kind of like i didn't expect it so hearing so much guitar in both of in both the first two singles and especially that third single which i don't know i guess bands are starting to hey here's the album and also here's another single same day of I mean, I'm I'm not upset by it. I'll definitely take it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cry that I got three singles out of this album and they're all three of them are great. But I will say this. The first two singles, it's like this is a primer. This is a primer for the sound of the album. The rest of the album is so much better than than the singles. We'll get to it. Like every other song other than the singles pretty much is like head and shoulders standing tall above them. So back to running low. Like I said, the song's more guitar driven, like immediately than anything from the last album. It's, uh, it's the most guitar driven thing. This, uh, it's the most guitar driven sounding thing they've done since maybe the, well, Okay, so, okay, the last album had Foreigner. Definitely since, definitely since Melina, this, this is, this is the most guitar driven that they've been. Cause I mean, well, okay, I mean, the sky is red and Foreigner, but like, I don't know. The, the last album felt like they kind of pushed the guitars back. And they were still there. They were still part of the band. It's just it wasn't like as much of a part. Well, here it's it feels like the guitars are moving back towards the forefront. Now, this the, the song doesn't quit, uh, quite hit as hard as the singles from Pitfalls. Like, Below is really heavy subject matter wise. Alleviate is so just, just huge, even though it's only like three and a half minutes long. So it's about four and then distant bells is amazing. I mean, it's it's still a great single though. You get kind of a glimpse of NR once again going crazy with his vocals. It seems like every time Leopards releases a single, I think what are they going to do this time? Like how are they going to and I was thinking back to Castaway Angels when it came out. And I I mean, we'll get to Castaway Angels because I already did a review on it, and I was kind of like, well, I don't know if it's uh, standalone or not. It's pretty good. I, we'll talk about it, because it's, it's, it's better than pretty good. Um, and also, it's on the album. But it just seems like he keeps somehow... He's like the Goku of singing. Like, he just keeps unlocking a new level every single time, it seems. He just, it's not that he's finding higher registers or anything. He's finding new ways to emote and just sound incredible when singing. The things that, the, it's not so much the things that come out of, that come, the sounds that come out of him. It is. It, it's how he uses his voice. It's, it's remarkable. So, next up. We've got Out of Here. I was kind of, I'm weird. I look at song titles and I, I'm immediately like, that one's going to slap. That one's going to suck. And 
I, I don't know. I have these weird things. It doesn't affect my listening, like, at all. Because half the time I'm wrong. And it almost makes it almost makes things better. Because, like, when a song is more understated, when it sounds like it's going to be crazy, I'm, I'm always kind of like, cool. I like that. And then when it's, like, crazy, when it sounds like it's going to be understated or somber or whatever, I'm like, huh. It always, it always, it always gets me. It's almost like I bake in my own layer of, of, what's the opposite of disappointment? My own layer of, uh, my own little bit of happiness I, I bake into my listening experiences because it's like I have these weird, stupid expectations of things, but you can't have expectations going into music that you've never listened to. You can, but... I mean, especially in the music I listen to, there's no point, especially with Leprous. I, I was like, I mean, the rest of the album could sound like these songs. It could sound like bilateral for all I, all I know. These two songs could be like the tamest things on the record. We don't know. But I mean, really, as far as like how good they are, the singles, like I said, are tame. So... The song's pretty understated and unassuming to start off with. There's kind of a light guitar riff and some synths kind of pulsing throughout the verse. And it's just it's just got this like really light, airy vibe. And then the chorus comes. It's unbelievable. His voice just gets better and better. Like And this and this song is this song is one of those kind of shorter ones on the album. There's a few songs that kind of they they run on the shorter side, like under five minutes. And most of those songs they run a structure of like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and then like maybe there's kind of an extra little flourish at the outro. This is this is one of those songs and usually the first chorus is like a really light like he'll do he'll do a falsetto and sing it. And that's kind of how this is and it's like his voice is just it's gorgeous. It's okay, I'm not going to say it's what angels sound like because, you know, everyone has their idea of what angels look like when really they were like, you know, these crazy multi-eyed monsters. But anyways, I'm pretty sure that's what that's what the voice of an angel might sound like. It's amazing. It's it's so his 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 falsettos are so delicate. I've never been able to really do falsetto and I haven't tried that much, but I mean, god, it's just it's just incredible. And then, I mean, the second verse kind of carries on the same vibe and keeps the same the same kind of pace, but it builds up a little bit. And then all of a sudden you get these heavier guitars coming in, not like super heavy, like kind of what you heard in Running Low. Like you get guitars come in. It's just almost out of nowhere. And it kind of it kind of catch you off guard. And then the second chorus, his it just soars the second chorus, it soars. It's so good. 
I just, I just can't, I just can't believe this man. And then, I mean, it kind of, kind of just ends after that. I mean, there's just a nice little guitar groove uh, when the second verse comes in. Like I said, I don't think I really, I mean, I, I said that the guitars come in, but I didn't mention that it comes in with this like really nice groove. It's, you find yourself not headbanging a lot on this album. There's one point, one point where you headbang in this album. And you, if you've listened by now, which if you're a Leprous fan, you probably have. You know what I'm talking about. There's one point on the album where you headbang. But most of the other places, you just bob your head. Because it's just, it's there's a lot of groove in this album. I'm, and it was here that I was really surprised by the guitar work picking up because I thought they would move further away. But I mean, again, that just shows that you can't assume where these guys are going to go. You can't assume that Leprous is going to do what you think they're going to do. You just have to go with it. That's why when the single came out, I had no real expectations because you just don't know what they're going to do. They could go and play death metal. They could play thrash metal. They could do whatever. They're, they're weirdos. They just switch it up on a dime. And it's crazy. But instead, they they took a different route and just went more guitar-driven. Now, next up is Silhouette. It's kind of... It's, an, it's the shortest song on the album. It's only like three and a half minutes long. And I could have dealt with another whole like minute of this song. Like a good bridge and one more one more chorus. I would have loved it. It sounds like something off Melina. With the groove and kind of the 80s vibe. Like Mirage meets Illuminate. Kind of. And then the verse has like a very off-kilter kind of feel. And the verse almost sounds like it almost has like a, the that weird uh, that weird like deep synth. I don't know what you call it. That sounds like um, it sounds like a song off of like uh, the congregation. Like ah uh, yeah, like red, like red. I couldn't remember what it was, but it's it's like in red. That little do 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 do. It's it's got kind of that feel, and then it's got one of the most fun choruses in the whole album. It's just so it's just so groovy. It just gets you moving. I I I love I love how fun this song is. I hate to use the word fun because some people would use that kind of in a derogatory way to say it's fun, but you know, I. I, I I love this song. It's it's great. It's probably it's definitely not my favorite. And then you know after the first chorus you get um kind of a you get kind of like a like a post chorus where you still hear kind of the riff from the riff from the chorus and they've got some really nice some really cool like little little guitar bends in there where they're bending I'm guessing they're bending the strings but I'm, I'm pretty sure they're just bending the strings because they they could possibly be doing you know the technique from Slave which I don't think I actually saw until the um, 
what was it? Uh, Live, Live at the Rockefeller. I think that's the DVD. That that's the performance. Like that's the definitive performance of Slave for this band. I mean, understandably so. It's great, but they that really heavy that really heavy beginning of the song Slave. I thought, oh well, they're like bending the string, but it's like no, they're not. They're it's some weird thing. I can't remember exactly how it works, but like he lo- I think he like loosens the neck of the guitar so somehow he pulls it out and that like that gives it that bow. it gives it that like really nasty low feel like that that's how that's done it's not an it's not traditional at all it's it's weird like i i don't know it's explained somewhere i i i didn't even think about it until now but yeah, that's that's what those kind of make me think of. I, I but I think I think in silhouette it's just like bending the strings as opposed to like actually like manipulating the neck of the guitar and doing something crazy with that. Now again, this is a short song. It's like blink and you'll miss it. Short. It's again, it's just two run-throughs of the verse and the chorus with a little bit of an outro flourish and that and that's it. But I mean. It it doesn't it feels really succinct. Like it's 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 a really fun song because I mean some of the other songs on the album they might trend a little long and some of them I mean they do kind of feel like they overstay their welcome maybe just a little bit. It's it never gets like too too bad. But we're we're gonna take it down a little bit here. Because next is uh, All the Moments. Yeah. This is where the album slows down for me quite a bit. Like, quite a bit. I do like the beginning of the song. It's uh, the, the verse kind of has like this Radiohead vibe. Like, they're there. I think that's what the song is called. It's like the first Radiohead song I ever heard. Because it it came around the time when I was getting into rock music and I was on MTV and Fuse and I was just experiencing all of the rock music that was out and coming out and my brain was just expanding. And Radiohead's just one of the things that kind of came along there. I never really latched on to Radiohead past that, but that video and that song always kind of felt felt pretty special. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to be real with you on this song. It, it comes across kind of kind of bland and slow for me. It, it just feels like it doesn't really, I don't know. The, the, the songs so far have, it, it at least feels like they've introduced something new or expanded or elaborated on, you know, something that was done before. Like, I don't know, kind of the, the 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 folksy kind of tense vibe of running low, which, you know, I didn't think about it for a while, but it fits in with mental health. You know, it feels very tense and I, I'm, I, I think I think running low is kind of about like bouncing back from, you know, bouncing back from, you know, a great depression. I think that's just my take. But as you'll see as the album goes on, it's kind of like not 
the case. Anyways, and then, like, Silhouette is one of those, like, upbeat, pretty quick songs. All of the moments feels like some of those longer songs, like, uh, from the last album, like, At My Throne or at or By My Throne. Ooh, that's rough. But yeah, like what was okay. I'm thinking of at the bottom is this is one of the songs or what's the other one? Distant Bells is another one of the longer songs on there. And yeah, by my throne. Yeah, that's what it's called. So it kind of reminds me of one of those kinds of songs, but more along the lines of observe the train from that album because observe the train is it kind of sits in the spot of this album for me or this song for me except i i kind i kind of like observe the train it grew on me a bit and maybe this one will grow on me it's grown on me a little bit but like dude i'm i'm sorry i don't i don't like this song that much it feels mildly repetitive which i mean that's par for the course. I mean, Leprous isn't like trying to like completely destroy conventional song structures. They're, it's just it feels it feels like what I'm hearing here could have easily been an outtake. Or it could have easily been a, a bonus track from Pitfalls. Or it could have been left over from Pitfalls. It very well may be left over from Pitfalls. But in my mind, I kind of wish that's where it had stayed. This one just this one just isn't up to snuff with the rest of the album. It feels like a real slowing down point. I mean, it's it's got a decent chorus. Nowhere near the other choruses on this album. Like pretty much every other chorus slays the chorus for all the moments. I mean, it's got a decent chorus, but it still feels kind of weak and kind of uneventful to me. Now, there is a very quiet break about halfway through, which is it's very nice. It breaks it up. And I mean, that helps that helps you flow through the song, even if you're not a huge fan of it. And then it returns to what came before. I mean. I I hate to say it, this song really doesn't do anything for me. I think this is the most negative review of a song that I've had. And I mean, I feel, I kind of feel bad because I love this album, but this song is just, it nags on me. It's like when it starts off, I'm like, oh man, here we go. It's this song is like, I try to enjoy it, but I just, I just don't enjoy it that much. I hate to say it. I really just don't enjoy it that much. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Leprous. I really am. I just don't like this song that much. And... Uh, there's another song later on that I, 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 I will address something referencing this song, but I will do that when we get to that point. Next up is Have You Ever. So the album starts to kind of pick back up with kind of a, it's like a real slow bassy groove like it starts off with just like some heavy 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 bass and then very slowly starts adding in little other stuff like a little 
drum tap and then another little thing and this is this this is groovy this is basically an R&B song Leper showed on Pitfalls that they can do R&B which I don't know that was a little strange to me at first but the more I've heard they're kind of more uh, soulful sound the more I've kind of more I've kind of grown acclimated to it and you know they they do it well it's like pretty much any kind of soundscape you give them they can knock it out of the park they can do they can do just about anything now it it still comes off a little bit slow but not completely like the last song I mean there is similar but there's a difference uh, with the way all the moments is structured, it really sounds like something that easily could have been on Pitfalls. Uh, I think I mentioned that it could have been like, like it's a song like Observe the Train. Now, I like Observe the Train a bit more than this. I don't, I don't actively dislike Observe the Train. At first, it was like the obvious pick for weakest link in the chain, and it still is for Pitfalls, but... I still like Observe the Train. All the Moments is a little more, it feels a little more boring than that. And this song, at least, it, it's got a groove to it and it's got something that makes me move. And then on top of that, the chorus is brilliant and just extra soulful it's just it's just very it i mean it's it's just soulful i love the chorus in this song there's there's a there's a few extra little things going on as well i think there's like some uh string flourishes i know on this album they talked about they or not like a lot talked about, but they mentioned that they were going to have some, uh, they were going to bring back cellos and strings and they were going to have quite a bit of orchestral elements thrown in there. And you know, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. I really am. I feel like this song, oh, this song turned out, oh, this song turned out. Okay. It's a good, it's a good song. It this this song hits me well. Actually, no. This song I like better than "Observe the Train." "Observe the Train" is you know it's all right. It's like I don't know. There's something about when you have just a chorus that doesn't hit with me at all in a leprous song. Then I then it's like "Mm, I can start seeing every other crack that's in there, and they don't do they don't do subpar choruses very often like even even on some of their songs they've got or on some of their albums they've got these like more low-key tracks like you can pick one out that's just not that just doesn't feel as big or as grand as the others like um was it within my fence from the congregation or uh, Molina has something <laughs> 
leashes. I still really like those songs. I, I mean, yes, it does help that leashes comes after Illuminate and before Mirage. I mean, two awesome songs. It's sandwiched in between. So even if you hated it, you can you can sit through it just to get to Mirage. But I don't hate it at all. I like it. But when it's done, I'm extra happy because Mirage is now on. But anyways. Yeah, I'd, I'd say this is that song, maybe. I, but then again, every Leopards album doesn't have a song that is like, I could just skip this one. Like, this is the first time listening to a Leprous album where I kind of felt not so big on a song and I'm still talking about all the moments when I should be talking about Have You Ever. But that's to say that Have You Ever is kind of it's on the lower it's on the lower side for me as far as Leprous songs go but it's still really good. I've had I've had I've I've had up to this point I've had a good amount of fun with this album. But it's about to get even better because um now we're up to the silent revelation. Single number 2. So I I I I don't remember. I think I mentioned something about front-loaded albums, albums that start off really strong, but then they taper off near the end. Like, I felt like Colors 2 was a little front-loaded. I don't feel so much like that anymore. I feel like it's pretty even. I think I actually said that earlier in this review, maybe. I don't know. Things have gotten muddled in the past few days. Um, so a lot of albums you come across are front loaded. The singles will be up front. It's like look at look at a lot of Slipknot albums. I mean, a lot of the time, track number four is the lead single. Okay, not yeah. I was about to say literally every time, but let's see. Wait and bleed, track four. My plague, track four. Duality. Psychosocial. The Devil and I, all track four, but Unsainted, track two, the lead lead thing. Now, track number four on that album, I think, was Nero Forte, which was also a single, but it's not the lead single. Unsainted is the lead single, so, but you get my drift. Like, they start the album off with, like, Singles. I mean, especially Slipknot. They they have kind of an easy, kind of an easy, uh, kind of a pretty easy pattern there. They have a an intro, and then uh, yeah, like a, a true blue like minute or so intro. And then they have a just a hard hitting song to start the album off and get the blood go, blood pumping. They then follow with, I don't know, kind of a carry song, if you will, like a song to kind of carry the mood 
like disaster piece or eyeless that kind of holds that holds that steadiness and then they have the uh, big single and then they start kind of getting into their weirder stuff with like you know your tattered and torn gently what was in the middle of circle I guess but then you could kind of at least on the first two albums, you could kind of get lost on that second half of the album where, you know, you you could have some deep cuts like prosthetics or the shape or, I mean, I, I feel like there are no deep cuts on that first one. The second one, the second one though, like, I feel like there's stuff all over the place that could get lost, like metabolic to an extent. um, New abortion, maybe for some people who didn't, who weren't into Slipknot when that album was like really fresh. Like I was, I was, I was into that album right around when the volume three came out. So, you know, I, I I latched on to Iowa because it's it's the darker it's the darker album it's the heavier album it's the it's the meaner nastier album I, I love it, but that's the idea of front loading. Now to me, Slipknot doesn't really front load their albums. Their albums are pretty balanced. They're pretty strong throughout. This album this album I guess you could say. This album's got some junk in the trunk. It is backloaded. It's rare. It's a rare thing for me to see a backloaded album where the last part of it is demonstrably better. Now, the first three tracks off this album are great, but the last four are just incredible. Incredible. The Silent Revelation is kind of the beginning of that. This this uh, this song sounds like the congregation back in full swing. The opening kind of riff it makes me think of like the well, kind of the feel of that opening riff and a little bit the uh, first verse of the price. And honest honestly, it feels kind of like the price to me. All, all all the way through now that I think about it. It just it feels like the price. And it's even got a little part after the chorus, like it I don't I don't know, the feel of that transition from the chorus into like the little break before the next verse. It oh man, it I can't pinpoint what leprous song it feels like. I think I think I'm thinking of like part of red. Like there's some part of one of the songs on the on the congregation where it's kind of a a congregation, there's a transition that kind of blends from like one, from one register down like half a step or something. I I don't know how to, I don't know how to describe it, but you, you'd hear it if you listen. And see this, this feels like it really is leprous kind of reaching back throughout their, their, career and pulling out pulling out some stops they're not pulling out all the stops on this album but they're pulling out a lot of them like 
there there's moments that feel there's moments that feel like cold. Nothing that feels like bilateral, but there's like a moment or two where it feels kind of like cold. Lot lot of the congregation coming back through, lot of Molina coming back through, and I mean pitfalls. Obviously, that's where they are musically, sonically right now. So that's definitely going to be what you're going to hear first and foremost in their sound is pitfalls. Well, that all that to say they're 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 reaching around and grabbing different different bits of their career and sprinkling it everywhere else. There's there's still a lot of great strings going on here which it kind of makes me think of Melina cuz if I remember Pitfalls, Pitfalls didn't have a lot of strings. I don't remember. I don't remember if Pitfalls had any strings. Now, I know Melina had like some cello and lots of other stuff and it was it was uh it was really nice. Like I I had a feeling I was going to dislike Melina when I first listened to it just from the uh just from what I was hearing about it but it turned out that you know it's one of my absolute favorite leprous albums and I don't see that changing like it's top tier for me for the for them guys now the again I feel like these singles don't quite hold uh quite hold a candle to the ones from pitfalls because see like what I feel like with with these last three albums, Melina, the singles showed you that the album <clears throat> they showed you that the whole album was going to be great, and they delivered on that. I mean, what did you have? From the flame, illuminate. Was there another one? Was there another one? I don't think there was. I could be wrong. Stuck. Stuck was a single, I think, as well. It didn't have a video, I don't think, but I think it was a single. So you know, they had a pretty, they had a pretty, pretty decent. Uh, you had a pretty decent idea of the sound of the album, though you didn't, though you probably didn't know where they were gonna go. I mean, this album, Aphelion, is probably closer to Molina than Pitfalls. It's got kind of the Pitfalls feel, but it's got the Molina sound to me. Like, it's got those strings going on, and I mean, it's got, now, it, it the difference is, it sounds more like R&B, more of the R&B contemporary, you can't see my finger quotes, but I did them. It's got more of that feel than the, uh, than the kind of electronic art rock, kind of commercial art rock feel that Molina did. I, I I haven't truly heard that sound again since, but this is the closest we've gotten. Mm, maybe the closest we've gotten to like that pre Molina sound and just like the 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 feel of like a, con- a song from the congregation. And now it's time to get to the really the the really good stuff i mean like i said like like i said P- 
Pitfall singles were all great. But Pitfalls, I'm, I, I love Pitfalls as an album. I will say the rest of the album was not as good as the singles. The singles are probably the best thing on there. Okay, the singles are probably the best thing on there, but then there's The Sky is Red is incredible. I Lose Hope. I Lose Hope on that album is to out of here on this album. And then, I mean, the rest of the songs are really good. It's just they're not quite as good as the singles. This one is the reverse. The singles are great, but then most of the other stuff on the album is even better. So it's like I, I got a I got a real surprise because I was I wasn't super hyped when I heard Running Low. The more I listened, I got more hyped. Silent Revelation got me more hyped. Then I went back and listened to uh, Castaway Angels, and I was like, "What the? Is this the same song? It is." And yeah, it got me even more hyped. And then I was just by the time I listened, I was like, "Mm, "You know, it's probably not going to be as good as I think." But then it just blew me away. It's blown me away. Let's let's get into some of this other stuff and quit talking about other stuff. The Shadow Side. This is an awesome song. These guys love their 80s sounding textures on this album. Like with the little... The, the feel of the way this song starts. And the verse has something of kind of like a bounce to it. It gives it kind of an... It's not that... It doesn't have that much of an R&B kind of feel. But it is... is it's a pop. It's a pop song. It is it is a pop song. And oh my god, that chorus. The first chorus with the with the light strings in the background and the the falsetto. This is this is a super duper pop leaning chorus. But oh man, it's so nice. Like, this is where the album really starts to pick right the hell back up. And then, of course, you get another verse where kind of the guitar, the guitar comes in more, more fully. And starts to kind of come back to the forefront. And then the second chorus comes in, and it's the same as the first, but... Now it's not like the light falsetto over just strings. Now it's like just just in our just throaty, huge voice just coming over the uh, just coming over this like this really groovy guitar riff. Like the second chorus has an incredible groove in the background. Like you got I know it's hard. Pay attention to the vocals. Yes. But listen to what the guitar is doing in the background. It's so, it's nuts. It is insanely groovy. I love it. And then we get a guitar solo. Huh? So, Leprous fans out there, correct me if I'm wrong. This is the first guitar solo on a proper rec- Leprous record 
since fourth century, right? Huh? I mean, t- 10 years ago, it has to be. Like, I, I can't think of another one. Well, okay. There might be another solo on that album. Like, there might be... A, uh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I think there's a solo on Painful Detour on the very last track on that album. There's not a solo on Cole, I think. I think Cole mostly does like those just long droning atmospheric segments more. I don't remember one on Congregation. I don't remember. Anyways, this 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 is this is fantastic. It's a guitar solo in a leprous song. I, I didn't expect that. I did not. This that's one of two things that I did not expect. This the back half of this album started off with something I never would have expected coming into this record. And the very last song ends with something I never would have expected. Now, one thing, this really is a short or this really isn't a short song. It's like four it's four minutes and some change. I mean, let me let me just pull up the old uh YouTube music here and find the find the album. Check and see. Yeah, see, Silhouette is 3 minutes 45 seconds. Have You Ever is 4 minutes 42 seconds. This song is 4 minutes and 29 seconds. And Castaway Angels is 4.54. So those are the shortest songs on the album. Castaway Angels isn't really that short, and it doesn't feel that short, because it's a little bit of a slower song. Shadow Side... Uh, it's not a short song, but it feels like it's one of the shorter ones. I mean, it goes by incredibly quick with just the two-verse chorus thing that's uh, done before and if, and the solo. And then like a tiny little outro. It's it, it goes by pretty quick. It really does. And have you ever? It's one of those things like it also does the, you know, two-verse and chorus kind of thing. They do that a lot on this album. They might have been doing that before as well. I feel like it's one of those things that don't want the choruses to like hang too much and like just take over because usually you would go verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. So you would do the chorus three times, maybe even four. And if I remember correctly, they've had some pretty long choruses that have like like Slave or I think Third Law. I think they I think Third Law repeats quite a bit. Slave does. <clears throat> but Slave is amazing, so, anyways, this song is amazing, let's move on, next up is On Hold, another case of, oh, well, this song sounds like it's going to be not that great, but, you know, for my, for my, Stupid lizard brain, of course. It's like, oh, the song's probably not going to be that great, is it? Mm, uh, no, it's the best song on the album. It's the best song that they've made since... Uh... Is it the best song they've made since Molina? Because, I mean, Molina had, you know, Stuck from the Flame, Bonneville. Oh, my God, Bonneville. That, that's the song that really dra- dragged me into the album. Yes, I know... Bonneville is the opening track of Molina, but I don't care. When I first listened to that album, just the the, the soulful jazziness of it, just like 
it got me moving and it pulled me in and it was like, oh man, that's, that's really nice. That's really nice. And then it gets to that point and the guitars come in and it's like a double, like within five seconds, it's like a double dose of whiplash. The guitars start coming in and I'm like, whoa. And then that heavy eight string and I'm like, whoa. I get chills thinking about it. That's the moment where I where I really said Leprous is a band that I have to I have to pay attention to. They deserve my full attention. Like I have to listen to this band. I have to understand more about them. I have to hear more of them. And it's from that point that I played the heck out of like Molina and then I went back to Bilateral and I went through all their their whole discography. I didn't go to Tall Poppy Syndrome for a minute and I regrettably only listened like a couple of times, but yeah, it's, oh my God. yeah, I mean, that album's got some, some hitters. I mean, I, I like, uh, uh, I can't remember the song after from the flame, that one illuminate. Mirage, which is like my favorite leper song of all. Um, and then I mean, uh, yeah. That, after after that, the album it doesn't drop off. It just kind of it, it's plateaued to me after Mirage. Um, not emotionally. Emotionally, it, it can it only gets higher with the title track and. Uh, the last milestone, but pitfalls sure did pitfalls have something that I like more than this. I like alleviate a lot. It's just so short. If it, if it had more time to breathe and it had like more time for like that, that huge ending part below, below can't really get any better than it is. It's great. But I mean, I, I don't hold it on the same level as on hold. And then, I mean, Distant Bells, that's tough. That's tough. That's really tough. I, I can't say right now because I'll be sitting here for forever trying to figure out, do I like On Hold more than I like Distant Bells? That would take some serious like breakdown analysis. Let's just talk about the song. So, again, it's funny how the album really gets great at the end. This is a somber one, definitely about mental health. Like, if you've been listening up till now, you probably you probably could have picked up on some of the other, some of the uh, some of the themes of mental health and issues with mental health that this album is talking about. I still haven't really, because like the first half, it's it feels a little bit more upbeat. And I'm thinking maybe a, a bit of the first half is like trying to come out of depression and and get kind of back on your feet. Whereas the back half is like falling back into a depression and realizing that that's that that's how depression works. It just it comes and goes like it's never you're never really done with it. But. Yeah, this this one, this one has some heavier subject matter. This is the first song on the album that I really, really heard the lyrics. 
I mean, the silent revelation, I did hear some of the lyrics like, you know, my, uh, he talked about the prison of his thoughts and that, that's, that's, that's some pretty heavy stuff. Now, this, this is the subject matter of the last couple albums. I don't know. I feel like I, I know when Disturbed made Indestructible, they had, um, David Draymond actually went through like a really intense breakup and like a really bad time before recording that. So that's why Indestructible was darker. I wouldn't say this came from a bad relationship or a bad breakup. I think this just came from, I don't know, a dark, I feel like there was some darkness going on. There was a dark place and it wasn't just COVID because I mean, we're talking about pitfalls as well. They they also made pitfalls about mental health, and that that one was like definitely out in the open. This this album deals a lot with mental with mental illness and mental health, depression, and things such as that. I don't I don't remember seeing as much about that, but I I just I know this album is about mental health. It's easy to it's easy to tell. This one does a remarkable job of building up steadily and retaining a great pace. It kind of builds from this like very low, very sad, somber feeling like verse. And then it's got it's got kind of a, a small a slight refrain. I don't call that the chorus. The chorus is something different, but I don't know what the it's like a pre-chorus. It's got like a pre-chorus that you hear a lot, and and they'll do like a verse and then this pre-chorus, and then they go back to the verse, and it's almost like I don't know. I guess you could say it's almost like they blue balls you because you expect something big to happen, but then it goes back to the verse, so you have to wait longer. They do that. That's how this song goes. I mean. It builds you up. It keeps building you up. It goes through a. It, it goes through, like I said, that first kind of somber feeling verse and chorus, and then the second verse and chorus. He sounds way more desperate, and then like the actual chorus comes in, and it it literally just flies. It soars. It is. At the end of the year, if I do a a an award, if I do like a best of kind of thing, which I might, I probably will. I swear, the num the, like I'll have to put in like best chorus somewhere just so I can award this song best chorus, cause Inar goes off with his oh my god, his vocals are so good. His voice is so good. It's just when you think this man can't possibly, there is no, there's no way to break through and do and be better than he was on the last record. He just proves you wrong. Like you think, oh, well, he's peaked. No, there is no peak for this man. He's like, he's literally the Goku of vocals. He just keeps breaking through and finding a new level. 
it's 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 remarkable. The go listen to it right right now. If you have not listened to this album, especially this song, go listen to this song. You don't have to listen to the album in order. I would say listen to the whole album. It, it's worth it. You might like some of the songs I didn't like more, but of all things, go listen to this song. This this song is it has a weight to it. Then you get like this bridge section that continues to hold that kind of tension and make and it's like it's making you wait for that chorus to come back because it, it it knows you want it. That's all you want after hearing it the first time. It can't come soon enough. Now you some people may feel the song overstays it. It's welcome just a bit, but I mean the chorus alone is is worth it. I would say the song it doesn't overstay its welcome because it switches things up enough. Like you get kind of a little bit of a bridge section, and then you get that pre-chorus, and you think the chorus is coming back, and then it kind of floats off into something else and leaves you hanging, and then it comes back around to the pre-chorus. And it's funny, it goes through, there's like four lines in the pre-chorus that, if I'm not mistaken, you've heard them every single time up to this point, but here's the point where they only give you one line, and then you end up with, uh, you end up back at the chorus, and it just blows you away, and then you get the chorus twice at the very end, it's, it is so wild. This is the one song I picked up the lyrics on first. Like I said, I mean, it's unbelievable. It, it captures the idea of just feeling helpless and not knowing what exactly the hell you're supposed to do when you're when you're in in a hole when you're depressed like you are. Oh God, go listen to that song right now. Let's move it along. Castaway Angels is next. Technically the first single from months ago. I didn't really have a big appreciation for this song when I first heard it. I don't remember my review. I didn't go back and listen to it. I haven't listened to any of my old reviews because I just feel like I didn't do a good job with them. And honestly, I don't want to listen to what I did before. Now, I, I feel like I am at least making longer episodes now. And I feel like I'm... I feel like before what I was doing was just kind of coming up with a review and trying to like listen and flesh it out and make like this big paragraphs long review like an article that I could like sit down in with a microphone and read through. And I mean, I guess that works, but like, ah. Uh... I mean, I don't know what's different now. I don't, I, I can't totally quantify what's, or qualify what's different now with my episodes. I mean, they're, they've gone from, you know, 20 minutes, 50 minutes up to like an hour and a half or so, because I don't know. I don't know whether I'm just BSing more and doing more side stuff or, or what, but I don't know. I feel like I'm doing a better job now of doing this. And also, I've got a better appreciation for the song that we're uh, talking about to get off that tangent. Um, 
So yeah, I picked the song back up again, trying to prepare for the release of Ophelion. And I could not have been more wrong about it. I mean, if I remember correctly, I was kind of like, yeah, it's, it's a good it's a good song. It's a leprous song for sure. I was like, I don't know if they're going to put it on a new record because it's not time. It wasn't time for a new album at all when this came out. So I was like, I, I don't know. I was like, that that's a weird that's a weird flex for me that they would put out a single this presumably far from a release unless they're going to release it like at the beginning of the year that would be weird but either way this could just be like a covid single because a lot of people were doing covid singles around the time i mean i i thought vola's i thought head mounted mounted sideways was was a covid single as well and then there was a there was a 12 foot ninja cover that i wanted to do as well but i ended up just not doing that it was one of those like later things that I had planned that I didn't get to. See, this is an unbelievable showcase for Inar's vocal range and capability, especially this song, because it's very light on everything else until the end, like closer to the end, like all the other instruments are kind of going off and it sounds a lot more full, but I think it's meant to just kind of focus on his vocals. It's meant to showcase his vocals. And some people will probably complain about Newer Leprous becoming the N.R. Solberg experience, as I've kind of, I think I heard it called that once. I like that. It's funny. And I get I get the criticism, but I will not be joining those people. It, uh, for one, it's just not true. Like, the rest of the band is very well-featured. They, the sound has become way more vocal heavy, yeah, but like, there's the band is still very well featured. I mean, it's just, it's just a different sound. Like, you should be worried if he starts picking off people from the band. Like, if he starts like removing other people from the band and it kind of starts to really become vocals with like other instruments when it stops becoming like truly leprous this is this is truly leprous this album this song this song this song feels different for leprous but i still feel leprous in it it's i don't know how to explain that it's it it, it fits in it fits in with everything else because i mean it, it, it's leprous they do everything they do everything well and it is a they thing. Like, they are a band and they do everything well. Inar is not trying to, like, you know, take over and do... A, it's just not It's just not that. Now, we'll wait a couple albums and see how their sound changes. I would say progresses, but I, I can't call it progression. It, now, it is progression. It is progression. I mean, they do progress. They do evolve over time. But to me, it's less of a progression, like, just... You can easily see the steps. I mean, you can. You really can see the steps. So I guess it is a progression. Anyways, let's move on. Let's move on to the craziest thing on this album. The, the, the thing that most people can't stop talking about. I can't stop talking about on hold. Most people can't stop talking about Nighttime Disguise. Now, this, out, this song... From the title, I knew it was going to slap. <laughs> I just knew. So, 
this is the third single. This is the day of release single that it seems like everybody is doing now. I mean, between the Buried and Me released a single and a video, day of release, and, you know. The Ginger did, Ginger, I think Ginger released uh, the song Wallflower the same week it came out. I still haven't listened to that album, by the way. So, yeah, that's that's going to be fun this week. I might swap that with the consumed self because the consumed self I've listened to a lot so I don't know we'll just have to figure it out obviously things are a little bit a little bit hectic right now so uh where do we start this thing it's it's okay it's 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 something this this started out as an experiment where they were given pretty much all the pieces to create a song by fans like time signatures, the key, I'm guessing the tuning and everything to kind of create like a fan-made song, I guess you would say. Then they were filmed in studio for 24 hours and that's what became the music video. And Nighttime Disguises, the song that they came out of the studio with. Now, this was originally going to be a a bonus track. I'm glad it wasn't. I'm glad they decided to put it on the album. They were so happy with it, they said, no, it needs to just go on the album. Because I, I'm not sure where you find the Leprous bonus tracks anymore, other than just like searching them up and finding them on YouTube. I don't want to have to find this song like that. Because I would literally just, like, I don't know. If I couldn't find it anywhere else, I'd just rip the, I'd just like MP, YouTube to MP3 it, then upload the MP3 onto YouTube Music so I could listen to it on YouTube Music with everything else. Because, I mean, uh, it's just so, oh my God. Left to the fans, you already know this thing was going to turn into something strange and interesting. Because all the fans, they want Leprous to get back to their strange weirdness. That's why when everyone heard The Sky is Red, and this is basically The Sky is Red for this album. That's what, that's what this is. Everybody kind of... Everybody's head kind of turned to the side when they heard the sky is red because it's closer to it's kind it kind of harkens back to some of the older leprous greatness, the weirdness, like the heaviness, the the offbeat, the time signature. The time signature of that thing is like eleven eight, I think. It's like eleven eight and then twelve eight. I can't remember. This one I think is um I think it's 7-4. And then like 8-4, eight, 8-8 eight, 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 in places, 4-4 four, four in places. Anyways, I just got a heavy, heavy, heavy groove to start off. Really going throughout the entire song. It's for sure the heaviest thing on the album. Maybe heaviest thing that they've done since Mirage. The sky, the sky is red. Is It has some heavy moments. But they never go full bore into that heaviness. I mean, they really don't. They just never go full bore into the heaviness on Pitfalls. No, in Mirage, or, or not Mirage. Well, yeah, in Mirage, 
but in Belina, they're still embracing that, and it, it's 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 great. In Pitfalls, they don't really embrace the heaviness that much. Here, they are full stop embracing the heaviness. It's it, it's like the sky is red, but it's heavier and weirder. Well, I think the sky is red is weirder, but this one is heavier. It's definitely heavier than anything before it. And it's a bit off kilter because, like I said, it's got like the 7-4 um, time signatures. So it's like, I think it's 7-4. I might be off on that. Leprous is, Leprous, one thing Leprous is really good for is throwing you off with time signatures. Like, they will make something feel offbeat, but it's 4-4. Four, four. Kind of, kind of. Uh, I get. I don't know if it's really rhythmic, like in a Meshuga kind of way, where Meshuga will have. If you just catch that symbol in the background, or you just catch the the four four beat, most of their stuff's in four four. I mean, it it just is. And then you look at what the guitar is doing, and it's like, how how is this in four four? How did you write this? I don't understand Meshuga. I understand them much better than I did back in the day, but I I just cannot wrap my head around how they write the music that they write. But it's like when you look at Melina, they had I think from the flame is like thirteen, it's like thirteen something. It's like thirteen twelve. Yeah, I think it's like thirteen twelve, and then. Uh, Mirage, like the verse is like seventeen sixteen, which is just absolute mayhem, and I love it. It's it's great. It's great. I love it. So good. Um, it's not quite as crazy as that here, but man, ah, uh, uh, it's it's definitely. But this this nighttime disguise is definitely a different exercise than anything you've heard up till now from this album. If this is your first Leprous album, this is going to throw you for a loop. You will think this is a completely different band from, you know, what you're about to experience. This is this is what you will... This is where old fans will be rubbing their hands... Rubbing their hands together and you'll be like, what? I don't, I don't get it. Like, this is weird. This is different. It's like, yeah, this is how they used to sound. <laughs> this, is, this is what people have been kind of clamoring for for years now I did, and I will say I love the point in the vocals where Inar goes really low he's singing normally and then he kind of lowers his voice at the end of the line and then uh, and then his voice gets really low like it sounds like the singer from Vola almost one to one he says something about a bottomless hole, and it's, oh, that's such great stuff. Now, the end of this song is really, is really where things are crazy. Like, this, this is the real Marvel. So, there's a quiet break where they kind of ramp up to the chorus. Or they ramp up to the chorus, and then they ramp the chorus up even more. Like, it goes up an octave. And it just sounds even more grand and, oh, it's so good. I didn't even know it was possible, but they ramped that chorus up even more there. And then in the last minute, the very last minute of the entire record, 
they kick into this like headbang worthy groove like the whole song is like a, a hard head bob groove just like the sky is red but in the very last like 60 to 70 seconds of this album they kick into just a pure headbang fodder groove with heavy guitar and strings and I hear something I haven't heard in years. Well, you've heard it. You've heard it because you listen to Old Leprous, right? I listen to Old Leprous. But if, but something new that I haven't heard in years. Inar screams for the first time since like the congregation. That's that's an occasion right there. There's there's like a there's like a good groove and he does a scream and they kind of give you some time to kind of absorb that that happened and be like, "Oh my god, what?" And then there's like a little mini breakdown right at the very end and there's more screaming. I haven't really looked into the lyrics and his screams sound even they sound better now. And it makes for a really emphatic ending to the record. Like, it kind of just ends. There's no, like, you know, huge, giant, every member of the band hits, like, at the same time. And there's, like, a cymbal, like, cymbals and then drums and, like, a huge chord at the very end. There's, it's not like that. It builds to a moment. And then it's over. I can appreciate that. I, I, I had to sit for a minute after I heard this, like just sitting at work, listening to this. And then that happened. And I'm I am just overjoyed, just bouncing in my chair. My my mouth of my mouth was covered. I covered my mouth because I was just blown away by what I was hearing. It threw me off so much. I didn't expect to hear screams. I thought that they were done with that phase of their existence. But again, that's that's leprous. You don't assume anything. Assuming, what does it do? It makes an ass out of you and me. So don't do that. It, it just, I didn't see this coming. Just, God, it's such, an, such a huge end. The last time we heard screams of this caliber was the congregation it had to be like rewind and slave and there weren't even that many on that album like they were screaming more they were screaming more on i did not mean to do that that was completely that was me stuttering okay that's that's weird that <laughs> okay yeah like they screamed a lot more on bilateral. That bilateral, tall poppy syndrome, it was a staple. Bilateral, it was a staple. And Cole, the first few songs, it was kind of a staple. And then with the congregation, I mean, you literally get it in Rewind. Um, maybe in Red? Maybe. I don't remember it in Red. 
or moon. Yeah, I think I think it's literally just like rewind and slave. They use the screams to like dramatic effect. Like this like everything else up to this point has been really dramatic, but this is the emphasis point, which is, you know, a lot of people would say that's how screams should be used, but a lot of bands just use them all the time and it's like, I mean, that's that's different styles of music. I mean, with death metal, you're going to find a lot of bands that are all heavy vocals it's like i mean and and then there's some where they do use clean vocals but they use them sparingly like how the contortionists used to be like on exoplanet and intrinsic when they had uh john carpenter yeah they used clean vocals more sparingly and it was more of like a um that was more the emphasis you get the heavy uh, the unclean vocals all the time and then those vocals come in and it's more of a statement it's just like on the consumed self it's it's uh, it's unclean most of the time but the very the intro to the album has clean singing there's like there's bits and pieces here and there like i think mountains 2 has some the anatomy of like there's there's some in different places and it will it, it it makes a statement it stands out just like Nighttime Disguise. Very pleased with this record. Like, you could almost be forgiven for giving up on it if you get halfway through. And you get to that lull period and you're like, I don't want to listen to the rest. You could almost be forgiven, but it's like, come on, man. It's leprous. You got to give it all a chance. You got to go through all of it. Because, like, I kind of wanted to put pitfalls down relatively early. In fact, I think I did the very first time I listened. And I came back. I listened to... You know, below, I lose hope. I finished Observe the Train, and then I got to Buy My Throne, which is great, Alleviate, and then you get into those later tracks, and it's just like, good God, man. Like, yeah. This 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 one gets two two flaming thumbs up from me. A rating I would probably give it. I don't want to do like 0.5, especially not like a 0 0.75, 0 0.9. That, that's when you start getting way too granular with it. I don't want to have to think about this. Like, But I'll put it this way. Episode was supposed to come out a couple days ago. It's Sunday now. I still don't, I still don't know what I'd rate this album. So let's just... Uh, I'm pretty sure the Between the Barry and Me album was probably like a 9. I'd give this an 8. This is really close. This is really close. Those two songs kind of slow it down one is still good but it's kind of slow the other one is just boring to me and not that good and really slow but like the rest of the album truly stands out this one starts strong but kind of peters off in the middle pretty noticeably once again but it ends about as strong as any rec any record from leprous ever has I don't think there's been an ending this big or just hefty since Kohler Bilateral. I mean, Melina and Pitfalls, they have great endings. Very emotional. Well, okay. Pitfalls had a, had a pretty good ending, but I don't think it's on this level. Melina's ending is more on the emotional side. And I feel like the congregation's ending is as well. With uh, Lower. But when you go back to Painful Detour on Bilateral, it feels so emotional, but also just huge and weighty. And when you go back, my favorite is going to be K-1. 
contaminate me. Because half of the song is just this heavy, heavy madness. With this monstrous breakdown. And then... And then it gets to just this atmospheric part where it's literally just like slow instruments, atmospherics, and Isan just screaming just the scariest black metal stuff. And then at the end just screaming contaminate me over and over. It gives you chills like it's uncomfortable. It feels so powerful. This feels like that. It feels like it's supposed to feel. That's that's how you're supposed to feel when an album ends. It's supposed to make you feel like you've experienced something. And this this feels like I experienced something for real. Now, I I would say, I mean, this is definitely an album of the year contender. But I'm no questions. It's an album of the year contender, but I feel like Anybody who understands me and listened last week is going to know like what my album of the year nine times out of ten is going to be. Unless something else comes along that like really blows it away. I mean, 2019, my album of the year would not have been Fear Inoculum, nor would it have been We Are Not Your Kind. We Are Not Your Kind is it's weird. It's a really good album. I like it a lot. A lot of people seem to not have liked it, but... I was a fan. I liked it. Probably not my album of the year. Fear Inoculum? I mean, come on. I expected Tool to be good. But what I didn't expect was for some guys from Chicago in a in like a blackened death metal band to make a crazy album that sounds like a that sounds like an audio an audio night terror. Like I, that that is amazing. I didn't expect one voice to happen and that's the year that happened and i put it off listening to it because i was like i just man everybody's hyping it up i just i have this weird stupid broken thing in my brain where i'm like i have people hype it up it's probably not that great i'm a programmer uh when i was looking into well what's a good editor to use it's like well i used to use notepad plus plus i mean what else is out there now well there's a lot of stuff out there and at the time it was like adobe has Brackets, which is like uh, written in HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, which I was still new to that whole concept. I won't get into it much, but it's it's really cool. Then there's Atom, which is by uh, GitHub, which I like the look of way more. And it felt a lot nicer, but it was really slow. I think it's better now. But then again, I also think it might go away. I don't know. And then there was uh, Visual Studio Code, which is like the it's like the standard. Like Visual Studio from Microsoft is the standard as far as coding goes, like enterprise coding. Visual Studio Code is like the baby version of that, but also it's incredibly powerful. And I would rather use that than Visual Studio any day. I love Visual Studio Code. It's my day. It's my daily driver at home, at work. I love it as an editor. Now, I mean, if I'm if I'm working off of like a remote connection and I need an editor to be able to edit stuff quickly, then I'm using Notepad++ because I'm not installing like a full huge IDE to because I'm not going to be developing there. But anyways, my thing was I said, oh, so everyone loves v- VS Code. I have to try something else. 
because everyone says it's the best. I need to find something else so I don't just immediately hop on with everybody else. So I usually catch up on the best thing later. Like, yeah. I mean, I tried Brackets. It just wasn't it. I tried Atom. It, it, it's great. It has a lot of customization that you can do. VS Code does too. I mean, you can literally create your own theme, publish it to the mic to the uh, VS Code. Uh, I lost the word extension store, and then just go into VS Code and download it and or install it on your VS Code, and like you you've got it. You can turn it on. Um, but yeah. That that's 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 my issue. I, I a lot of times I will hold off on something I have heard is great by everybody before I try it. Cause like I have I have to find something else. I have to find something else. I have to see if there's something else before I just immediately hop on the bandwagon. That's how I felt about Warforged and I've one voice and it just oh my god. I was like how 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 did I not listen to this sooner? eventually eventually i will record my analysis of that and it's probably gonna have to be two parts or something i don't know anyways let's wrap this thing up it's been too long so rankings wise this is gonna come as a shock to nobody all of the moments is at the very bottom i don't like it I don't like it. I mean, I like it more now. I like it a little bit. It's just not it's just not for me. Not my cup of tea. Sorry. I don't like it. That much. Have you ever comes next? I like it the least out of everything else. It's alright. It's alright. It's pretty good. It's just not my favorite. Now this will probably this probably set some people off. No, uh, up next is running low. It's it's great. It's great. I I really do enjoy it, but it's low key. It's a low key single. It did not hype me up to begin with. But when I when it was combined with the with the next singles and going back to Castaway Angels, it was like, "Whoa, I love this. This is great." Now, Silent Revelation is next. Again, probably going to trigger some people. I mean, it's it's uh, I I like it, but Again, the singles on this album are not the highlight. They are not the highlight. Then then we got Silhouette. Really short song. Really nice and upbeat. It's a it's really fun. This one falls victim to I enjoy it more than the stuff bef- than the stuff lower on the list, but the stuff higher is just it can't compete. It just can't compete. Then we get out of here. Great song, really really fun, really fun. It's got it's got a good bounce to it. It's really nice. It sat pretty much in the middle of the list cuz I mean, you know, it's 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 again it's at the beginning of the album it's good but that last bit of the album is just so much better so then we get the shadow side awesome 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 song 
I just I I can't go on enough about the solo and just how groovy it, this song is. I love it. I love it. I use the word groovy way too much here, but that's what this album is. It's it's a lot of groove. It's so nice. So I'm going to have to change this kind of like in real time here. I kind of uh I just changed it. Castaway Angels is next. I had it above the next above the next song like one spot up. But I can't do that. Castaway Angels is it's it's amazing. It really is an amazing song. It is a huge vocal display for, you know, the guy we already know is an incredible vocalist. But Nighttime Disguise is better. I love Nighttime Disguise so much more. It does it does so many other things. It hits so many other buttons for me as far as like the leprous feel and what I want leprous to feel like. This this is the song. This is peak performance for what you want leprous to sound and feel like. And that's great. But the best song on the album for me, bar none, is On Hold. I feel like most people would go for Nighttime Disguise. I feel like most people would probably go Nighttime Disguise. I love Nighttime Disguise. But On Hold, it hits on a different level. It is emotional. It is, it is everything that you would look for in an album from these guys. Or in, in a song from these guys at this stage of their career. That's what I can say. This is like an all-encompassing feel of what they have done. This is, this is what you're looking for from these guys. This is what you want. And that's going to do it. I'm going to call it a day there. We're going to have to... Uh, I'm going to have to, you know, figure, figure out some stuff as far as like how, how to handle the upcoming... The upcoming episodes, we'll see. But either way, if you like Zero Distortion and uh, if you like the show and what I do, you can you can pledge to the Patreon, patreon.com, x3r0, slash x3r0 distortion. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, x3r0 distortion, at in front of that. God, I gotta re-record this stuff, but I keep forgetting and yeah guys we're gonna do it again um uh yeah like i said from the intro episodes a little late but i still plan on putting out another episode friday i will put something in the twitter sphere if that's not going to be the case i'm going to attempt to do that but i don't know things are a little sketchy at the current point in time, as you can probably understand. So, yeah, I, I think the way with the way the week has gone, what I'm going to look to do is uh, Friday. We're going to we're going to cover the consumed self by burial in the sky. Great progressive death metal guys from uh, Pennsylvania, I think, which is funny because later on this month. Rivers of Nile, and I'm pretty sure they're from Pennsylvania. If not, I'm going to look pretty silly. Pretty stupid for saying that. But either way, y'all be good. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your people. 
And um, yeah, we'll do it again. Till next time.